Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go in a blustery day around the bay. In for Damon today, Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason. Winds of change blowing through the Bay, Ray, blowing through the uh, Bay Area sports scene. Always great to be with Ray. Always learn things from Ray. New, uh, learned, pardon me, a new word from Ray yesterday. And today, Ray uh, taught me something that I'd been wondering. Hey, why is a Denver omelet called a Denver omelet? Ray got that information like that. Boom. Thank you, Ray. appreciate that. I, I honestly wondered about that. Why is it called a Denver omelet? You came up with the info. Man, we're off to a fast start, aren't we? <laughs> you just said you want you wanted to lead with the Denver omelet. I actually That's didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't say that. But as huh. long as in your delusional world that makes sense to you, by all means. All right, windy uh, out where you live. I mean, it's. I saw the the ocean today driving in from Pacifica, and I thought I saw oh, some sailboats. Those were not sailboats. White caps, choppy seas. It's blustery in here too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be crummy. Uh, it's supposed to get windy and cold tonight, like really cold. Yeah, but that's okay. Cold, windy, I think a storm may be coming because we got baseball coming up, Ray. Spring training has started and the baseball season right around the corner, right? So you know is that it's... Right around the corner? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that it is. We're really, what, a good month? It's like month 40 days. Right around the corner. That's the optimistic way to look at it. Yeah, but it's not the realistic way to look at it. 40 days is not right around the corner. Okay. You look forward to the start of the baseball season a little bit? Yeah, I'm indifferent. Indifferent. I mean, it starts every year, so it's not like it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone has just paid us a compliment here. Uh, hey, Ratto and Whitey, no shtick, just intelligent sports talk. Pleasurable listen. I guess they weren't listening to our, our show so far today, but thank you for the compliment. Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570, if you want to participate. I'm wondering, Ray, if you have so any... don't feel like you must. Yeah, well, I encourage it, and you know Ray loves it. He says he doesn't, but he loves it. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on what Carlos Rodon, the former Giant, had to say about Giant fans, right? This was a couple of days ago. And, you know, the, as the Giants were talking about opening day. Giants opening this year at Yankee Stadium, which is an interesting twist. Carlos Rodon 
talking about East Coast fans and Bay Area fans, as you may have heard. I know that uh, Willard and Steiny were just talking about this yesterday. Carlos Rodon on New York fans, quote, the fans here want to win. They care. They care a lot. Giants fans are invested, but not like in New York. Win or lose, you're not going to get booed in San Francisco. Carlos Rodon. Well, it's true. True, but isn't he saying San Francisco fans, they don't care as much because they don't boo? No, he's saying, or at least here's how I'm going to extrapolate it. He's saying that when you play poorly, they don't come to the ballpark to boo. They stay home. They don't, you know, it's not that they're softer. It's just they vote with their feet, not with their lungs. Mm -hmm. But the implication clearly is that they're more invested. They care a lot. The Giants fans are invested, but they don't boo. I agree with you. It's just Giant fans, if they don't like what's going on, they're just going to find something else to do. Yeah, they'll just walk. I mean, it's not very hard to figure out. They're, they're not going to play the game. The game being, you know, go out there and spend your money, even though its prices are often exorbitant, um, and then get angry. Mm-hmm. What's the value in that? Yeah. It's Keep more... your money in your pocket, stay home where it's warm, and either watch the game or don't watch the game. Is it cultural? I know this is, uh, I'm rounding off the edges here because they have very highly intelligent people, certainly on the East Coast, but you've got kind of the stereotypical East Coast fans are going to react viscerally with their emotions. Oh, and West Coast fans, bit of a cliche, I know, but are going to tend to react more intellectually, which is, well, I don't care for that, so I'll find something else to do. Well, that may very well be it. I mean, just, it's, yeah, I don't know if it's intellectual or not. I think it's, you know, do I want to get in my car? Do I want to drive upwards of an hour and a half, given the traffic, spend an enormous amount of money to park the car, go in the building, buy food, and then sit there and be miserable. You know, I mean, you know, I New York fans. So. <laughs> no, I mean that's not. Yeah, who thinks that's a good idea? You know, nobody. I mean, and the truth is, teams should earn their fans' allegiance. You know, there's nothing about this where fans say, "I have to be loyal to my team." Your team is not loyal to you. I know that you went to many, many, many games at Candlestick. And I think it was kind of a different vibe at Candlestick. It was grittier. You had to really want to be there to be there. Candlestick fans would boo. I think one of the reasons Giant fans tend not to boo is because we're still kind of in that honeymoon period with the new park. Well, I know the park isn't new. Still a little bit of it is the different environment. And the team has won championships recently. Whereas at Candlestick, I mean, Johnny LaMaster, didn't didn't he like write boo? On the dirt in front of maybe that yeah. was Richie Allen. I'm thinking of no, that he oh, was no. booed mercilessly. Well, you know, first of all, this park's now almost a quarter century old. I know that. Secondly, those championships are now almost a decade old, and you saw what the crowds were last year. Some of their lowest ever. They lost like about eight hundred thousand in in attendance. So, I think the fans are telling the Giants, this doesn't interest us. And we're not going to come out to the park and get angry. We're just going to do something else. And that's a bigger problem than getting people in the building to boo you. And that's something the Giants are going to have to figure out a way to solve because it ain't easy. I think the Giants are poised to surprise a lot of people this year, including a lot of their own disgruntled fans. 
But I don't know if being a good team, maybe even a really good team, maybe, I don't know if that's going to be enough because so many Giants fans are upset by the fact that they feel like the team is anonymous and not spending enough money. Well, the team is anonymous, but it was anonymous in 2010, too, other than Buster Posey. But and, those were young, homegrown players that were coming into their own. That's they what didn't the, know if they were coming into their own. No, After the, the 2009 season, Yeah, I mean, they were intriguing, but it wasn't a, oh my God, we got to go see these guys. That had to be built up. And we saw what happened, you know, two years ago when they won 107 games, and they still sold out like three games. You know, part of that was, you know, the first half of the year was COVID restrictions. But 107 wins should get you at least something if you think people are just waiting for the team to reveal itself as good. And it, it didn't happen. But the 2010 Giants was Buster, as you said, Mad Bomb, Kane, Lincecum. I mean, those were guys that were legitimate star players, all-star players that came up for the most part together. And that was an exciting time to be a Giant fan. And that's been the plan. I think it's been the Farhan plan is for the Giants to develop their own stars. So far, they've come up short there, which is one of the reasons why Giants fans are uh, dissatisfied. But the 2010 Giants, yeah, I was like, who are these guys? Wow, these guys are young and they're really good. But it took a long time for people to get on, get on to that. And if we're talking about the ballpark being full, um, I think they were fifth out of 16 teams in attendance that year, which means they didn't sell out a lot. And in the early, the early part of the ballpark, first six or seven years, they sold out every game. So I think Pete, there was a fall off. I mean, there were times in 2009 where crowds were in the mid-20s. You know, the, the Giants fan... And I'm not saying they're fair weather fans, but they want they want a return for their dollar. And they should want that. And if you're not going to give them the entertainment they want, however they define it, they absolutely should stay home. From the 415, I live 15 minutes from the stadium. I have no interest as a casual fan to go to a ball game without star power. But when the Giants were winning 107 games without stars, there weren't a lot of people going, yeah, this sucks. It wasn't until the next year because fans thought 107, here we go. Now we're ahead of the game a little bit. Now we're going to go out and get the stars and improve on the 107. So I still think if this team wins, I think a lot of the dissatisfaction about the lack of star power is going to fade away because winning cures everything. Last year they didn't win, and even last year they were they were a 500 team. We tend to look back on that season. In my opinion, I tend to look back on it as, man, what a disaster that was. How many games they win? Oh, they won 81 games. So I think they're in decent position, and they certainly made an honest to goodness effort to land some of the bigger stars. They didn't land them, so I think they're going to surprise some people. I think some of their own fans are going to be surprised this year. They might be surprised, but it's going to take them a long time to come out to the ballpark because if you look at their attendance in 2021, winning didn't solve that. But there were so many other factors. I know you're right. That's factually true. But there was so much going on. Define so much going on. A pandemic, for one thing. A global pandemic. That was the year before that they were restricted. They had full yes, but, full availability. Yes, but year. we were still coming, and we're still not all the way out of it. I know that's declared, the pandemic's been declared over, 
But, I mean, I don't think you can overlook that and say, see, it's the Giants. Nobody cares about the Giants. They don't have any star power. People didn't want to go out there and get sick. I also That's part of it. Part of it. It might be a small part of it, but I think in 2021, you know, there were opportunities for people to go out on a regular basis and see a team that was winning two out of every three games, and they chose not to. I mean, I don't know how else you explain it. It wasn't all COVID. But you make it sound like they were, boy, nobody went to the games. I mean, but this- by comparison, they used to get 41,000 a night every night. Last year, they finished eighth in the National League in attendance. There's 800,000 fewer than their last full season of unlimited attendance. All right, we'll continue this in a moment. Coming up, is it just a matter of the Giants not spending the money? Ray praises a baseball owner for what he said. How rare is that? That more your texts and calls on the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. It's coming up on Damon and Rado, YDN for Damon. We are sponsored by 5-Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. 
Damon and Ratto streaming live on YouTube. Head to youtube.com slash 957thegame to watch us live. See what's going on inside the studio. See if Ray wore his uh, Colorado Avalanche cap today as promised, the one I gave him. No, he did not. Like and subscribe for all 95.7 The Game content on YouTube. A little disappointing, Ray, but that's okay. Life goes on. Promise I'll wear it tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You got to turn your got to turn your microphone. I made an executive decision. I didn't want the hat to blow off. Oh, okay. All right. I got that. I'll wear it tomorrow when you're not here. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll pop up. Maybe I'll pop in and surprise you. Tim Cal- If you do, then you're an insane. <laughs> Tim Kawakami joins us uh, 5 o'clock today. Drew McGarry is going to be with us at 4 o'clock. Right now we're talking about the Giants and you know, you've got spring training starting, but there seems to be a sense of dissatisfaction uh, in uh, Giant land. Giant fans... Feeling like, all right, they did do some some interesting things in the offseason, but they didn't land the big fish, and people are just generally dissatisfied with things in general as far as the Giants go. There is, however, a major league owner who just said something that drew some attention. In fact, what this owner said actually draws high praise, if I'm not mistaken, from Ray Ratto. A lot of people are looking at what this owner said and going, that's it. We need all of our owners to be like that guy. That guy is John Middleton, the owner of the Phillies. And here's what he told the Philadelphia Inquirer about winning. Quote, John Middleton, Phillies owner. How much did the 27 Yankees make? Or the 29 A's? Or the 75-76 Big Red Machine? Does anybody know? Does anybody care? Nobody knows or cares whether any of them made any money or not. And nobody cares about whether I make money or not. If my legacy is that I didn't lose any money owning a baseball team on an annual operating basis, that's a pretty sad legacy. It's about it's about putting trophies in the cases. Even Ray applauds that. Well, why else would you own a team? If you're going to make money anyway, and that's absolutely true, there's not a team in baseball that loses money. Why wouldn't you want to win? Why wouldn't you want a parade? Why wouldn't you want the people in your town to think that you're not the evil doofus that you probably are? <laughs> Owning a team doesn't necessarily make you an evil doofus. No, but being a billionaire tends to. Hmm. So, I wouldn't know. But you know, Middleton's got the right idea. I mean, he's at an age where you know you can't take it with you. So why not spend it on the thing that you're most famous for in the town in which you live. In the offseason, the Phillies gave Trey Turner, what, 11 years, $300 million. Taiwan Walker, a starter, starting pitcher, that is, four years, $72 million. So after getting to the World Series last year, winning the National League pennant, it was, they were surprised to do that. They spent $400 million more uh, this offseason. And I can't imagine, Ray, that other owners in baseball are, are too happy to see this. No, they're not. Of course, he's got cover because Steve Cohen of the Mets is a far more egregious spender. And so, frankly, is Peter Seidler in San Diego. But Middleton basically makes the case for, if you're in this, be in it. And I think that's, more than anything else, what fans want to hear. And they want what they want to see. They don't want, we will not be outbid. Well, prove it. You know, stop shooting your mouth off. Stop flapping your gums. If you're going to be the, if you want to be the elephant in the room, be the elephant in the room. I think that's one of the reasons some people are not happy with the way the Giants are doing it because we've been spoiled. 
you look at the Warriors and the luxury tax and the total expenditures, and it's clear that Joe Lacob wants to win and is willing to spend a lot of money uh, to win championships. And I know now they're trying to figure out how they deal with all of that, but they've proven that. The 49ers certainly in the distant past uh, proved, Eddie DeBartolo proved that we just want to spend the money and we want to win. It's tougher now with the salary cap, but I don't think the 49ers have shied away for spending the money they need to spend to compete. So when you look at those two teams and you look at the Giants, and it's fair to question, as you see them cutting payroll, do they really want to win? And in this environment where other teams clearly do want to win, you can understand why some fans go, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not down with that. But it also speaks to the current panic among owners about the imminent collapse of their regional sports empires because they're worried about where that money's going to come from. And when you balance that against their their animus toward guys like Middleton and Seidler and, and Steve Cohen. And Seidler is a small market owner, yeah, baseball-wise. But, but he's still spinning but he's a big of money. Yeah. yeah, and Philadelphia is not so much more massive than, you know, I mean, it's... Owners have a choice. It's not my market size prevents me from spending money. It's I will be happy to use my market size as an excuse why I don't want to spend money. But you're you're either you're either in the poker game or you're not. And Middleton basically said, I'm in and here's why. Are the Giants in the poker game? Clearly not. But they tried to be. Are you buying that they tried to get in this year? I think they they thought they had a shot at Judge, which was a fool's errand. And I think they sort of belatedly decided to try to outspend everybody for Carlos Correa. And then when the physical turned off, turned up wonky, they couldn't wait to run away from it. They didn't try to get more physicals. They just said, mm, now nah, we're pulling out. I mean, they, they stopped talking to Scott Boris. I mean, that's the guy you got to go to if you're serious about having Carlos Correa, and they didn't say, we need to re renegotiate this based on the on the physical. They just walked away. And I think that marks them even far more than losing the judge sweepstakes. So even though we know now what happened and we understand Carlos Correa's injury is one that gave other teams pause as well, still bad optics for the Giants? They still haven't recovered from that in some way? Well, we won't know if they've recovered from it or not till the next free agent cycle. But I'm talking about in but terms been, of their uh, image with fans. Right, the fans have looked and said, you know what? You guys don't spend on anything. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, who what's the what's the big free agent they've pulled in since they moved to the big to to the new park? I mean, Barry Bonds was already there. Uh Barry Zito. And even at that people were looking at them and going why are you bidding against yourselves because they were they outbid everybody else by 46 million dollars to get them that's just the only name that came to mind well no but the, their biggest expenditure for a free agent is aaron Rowland. spent you know 60 million over five years for him and turned out that he was not just not a success he hated bruce bochi and bruce bochi hated him which is as good a way to get your ticket out of town as there is. <laughs> on the text line, Ray, the Xfinity Mobile text line, your beloved Xfinity Mobile text line. By the way, you're on with uh, Alan tomorrow, right? Alan, honestly, 
Loves the text line. You think I like the text line. Alan loves the text line. Well, I'm going to sit in that seat tomorrow to see to it that he doesn't get the That'll be it. fun. That'll be a fun listen. From the 650, Giants need to start developing players. Tired of hearing about the same old prospects in the farm system for the last five years. Dylan from the 209 says, I feel Giants fans want home runs and bigger hitting stars. Don't care as much about winning. And then from the 5-1-0, Lincecum was a reason people started to come back in droves. Posey didn't do anything exciting. Lincecum was an immediate attraction in 2007. And Gil says the Giants are basically the A's that play home games at AT&T Park. Well, the crowds didn't come back in 2007. Crowds started coming back in the latter half of 2010. So Lincecum might have been a draw... Well, he was. He was part of that. Uh, I, he was a draw when he played, when he pitched. But that's only sixteen times a year in this town. What happened in the other uh, sixty-five? Well, what happened was this: as you mentioned, yeah, Barry Bonds and the Giants were they went to the World Series, and then things fell off, and all of a sudden, Barry, who had been with hitting home runs, the face of franchise and happiness, being back home, his surliness began to. Um, pose a cloud, if you will, threw a cloud over the whole team, and then, wow, what are we going to do? This is kind of dreary. Barry Zito, look, we got Barry Zito. That didn't work. And so when Lincecum came along with Posey and the other players, it helped to reestablish, look who we are. We're young, we're fresh, we're relevant. Uh, Tim Lincecum was a huge part of that. To a large degree, he was the face of that. So it's not just a matter of what happened in uh, games when he wasn't pitching. He became a symbol for what the Giants were, and that's the type of thing that they could desperately use right now. They have good players. You know, Logan Webb's a really good pitcher, but they need somebody, as the texter said, somebody to come up from the farm systems like, man, that guy can be a real major league superstar player someday. He came through our system. He's a giant. And the plan was to have at least one guy like that by now. That's all very romantic, but the facts don't bear that out. What? You don't think that was about, the plan? About, oh, no, that was the plan. Okay, I'm that's all about, I'm saying is that I'm was the plan. I'm talking about the Linscombe argument. They didn't become a powerhouse at the gate again until 2011. Up until then, they were floating around that 5, 6, and 7 spot in the National League. Linscombe wasn't moving the needle in any particular way one way or another they they had their big boost the year after they won their first world series which he contributed to but your pal the texter said it was 2007 the fact is it took until they won a world series to regain okay yeah 2007 2008 as you said earlier 2009 yeah yeah, they're in the middle of the pack. They're not selling 2009 out. was when I think they went out and got Sidney Ponson for their stretch drive. So, See, yeah. and he was royalty. Mm-hmm. And that didn't make a difference. Either. He literally was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Sir, he was Sir Sidney Ponson of Aruba. Yeah. So, okay, okay, maybe the timing was off a little bit. but The still. timing was off by yeah. five years. Um, Close enough. No, but their plan was that you would see Marco Luciano by now. And that Joey Bart would be a fully formed player. And that all these other guys that they rave about you'd be seeing them on a regular basis and you don't and given the fact that they weren't going to be active in free agency or at least chose not to be uh indicated that they were willing to be anonymous until those guys turned out well i think by now you can almost say 
if it's been five years and they still haven't turned out, they're far more likely not to emerge as stars than they will. Did you say if they weren't going to participate in free agency, if they couldn't, or if they chose not to? Because they, I think they chose to, and they couldn't land the big fish they wanted. They did go out and get some players and do them some things, and I know we'll have to see. They got the Rogers twin, and they got Conforto, and yeah. I mean, they well, did I participate mean, in free agency. Yeah, but when we're talking about free agency, you're talking about a Trey Turner type. And no, that would that that wasn't an they they decided let's make a run at Judge, but I think everybody who is in baseball expected that to be a failure that he was going to end up resigning with the Yankees. And the argument for people who thought he'd sign with the Giants is, well, he's from here. Well, no, he's from Linden. Linden is what two hours away? Going to California. He said he was a big Giant fan. That's Which he, he did said. so that he could you know, juice up the market a bit. Oh, he wouldn't. Because the Yankees, oh, of course not. <laughs> you know, and then the Correa thing, they wanted him, and they really wanted him, and then they fled. I mean, they didn't try to negotiate a different deal with Boris, and maybe Boris walks anyway. But the Giants just said, I don't like his medical, and just dropped tools and walked away. So how serious were they? And at some point, you have to get one of those guys. I mean, every time they made a run at a guy, I mean, they said, well, we were in it on Harper. Harper was never coming here. You know, we were we were making a an honest run at Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer said he wanted to play in Southern California. The Giants need what the Warriors got from Andre Godala in 2014, a breakout free agent. Somebody says, you know what? This may not be a fashionable place to go, but I like what's going on there. I want to be there. You and know, there is nobody who's done that. You know they're dangling that carrot again. And maybe the Giants don't have anything to do with it directly. Maybe it's just the media. Maybe people in the media are looking for something to, hey, let's get people to, you know, click on our, our pages and our stories. But it's already started for next year. And I'm already sick of it. The talk of the Giants, maybe they'll get Shohei Otani. That has already started. In some corners. Well, they'd better plan on paying about half a billion dollars. And I don't see Charlie Johnson doing that. I mean, I just... I Do you see if they would? Do you think Otani would even consider coming here? Probably not. There are other teams that, you know... I mean, hell, the Dodgers. They'd be the first team I'd think of. San Diego's already established that they will spend money. Preller has been obsessed with Otani for years. So if there's any, they will explore every possible option. But that doesn't mean they'll get him. It doesn't free mean they'll get him. Agents are free to go wherever they want to go. But they're going to they're going to make an offer that is going to be far more sizable than the one the Giants made for Aaron Judge. I don't think the Giants are players on him. I mean, they should try. So how do you play it? I mean, they got burned. I think the way they played the Judge thing. So your fans want, hey, Otani. So you do, yes, we're all in on Otani, knowing that we're probably not going to get him. Or do you couch it like, you know what? We <laughs> we we are going to uh, spend our assets, uh, explore other areas and develop. You know, how, do, how do you approach that? You do, you, you, first of all, you don't say we're going to develop other areas. Because their well, history What do you do? I'm about to tell you. They're not going to say we're going to develop other areas because the other areas that they used to want to develop are the minor league system that's produced nothing. So you can't run that by them. If you're worried about 
uh, you know, how the fans feel. And I have a feeling that they really don't anymore. But I thought because of the attendance numbers that you mentioned, I think they have to be somewhat concerned with that. Well, given that you had fans. The fact that it took them almost two weeks for Farhan Zaidi to come out after the Correa debacle to speak at all indicates to how little this seems to matter to them. I mean, Charlie Johnson is an absentee owner. He lives in Florida. His son ever comes out. He's like, he's like a groundhog. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the one thing you could say about Larry Bear, and he had profound faults all over the place, but he would, he would talk to anybody for any length of time. And maybe it's just because he liked the sound of his voice, but he would talk the team up. And if Greg Johnson is running the operation in San Francisco, which he is, and if Farhan Zaidi is the face of the baseball operation, which he is, their willingness to engage with their fan base has been piss poor. I mean, they you never hear from, I, I mean, you hear from Farhan intermittently. You almost never hear from Johnson. And that's not going to fly. I mean, when this team first came out here, from, you know, changed hands in, in 1993, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting Peter McGowan standing in front of a microphone. You know, they they sold that thing like it was, you know, like Tesla. They seemed to connect with fans. They spoke well, no, no, fans they, well, I don't know how much they connected, but they were out there all the time. This operation is not. And you, when you add that... To the fact that there are no big name players you can get behind and there is no indication that they're going to where are they they're gonna they're gonna average about twenty five thousand a game and no one will be talking about them. this regime has been somewhat tone deaf as you mentioned you had the Korea situation and they waited a long time before they addressed that Long time. How could you do that? Uh, even Gabe Kapler, when they hired him, that I don't know if you were at the introductory media conference, which was one of the most awkward managerial introductory news conferences ever because of all the, um, the controversy over what had happened with the Dodgers and some assault charges and his involvement in that. I mean, it was awful. Well, it was he, very wasn't, yeah, he wasn't uh, guilty of any assaults, but he was not responsive to the victim's complaints. Right, right. So that was very awkward and tone deaf, and that's been a theme. They, Farhan's regime does not seem to be very sensitive to what the fans want and need to hear. No, and you can get away with that if you're the Yankees. They're not the Yankees. Um, that said, I still think they're poised to have a surprisingly decent to actually good year this year, but I don't know how much that's going to Define what matter. that means. I think they're going to be able to... Very good chance they'll be able to compete for a wild card spot. And that they'll be relevant most of the summer, whereas last year, even though they finished with 81 wins, you know, by the All-Star break, people had thought, Ugh, they're, Yeah, but they're, they're, they were kind of in the fringes of the wild card thing they last were. year. They were, but I'm, I'm not saying I mean, they're going to be on the fringe of it. They, I say they're going to be competitors this year. I think there's a good chance of that. I think you're talking about the difference between 81 wins and 85, and I don't know that that's enough to move a needle one way or another. But last year's 81 felt more like 75. Well, why is, why is 85 suddenly going to feel so radically different? Because if your team is in the thick of it and you're playing better and fans feel like, yes, I can invest in this product because they're winning, I'm getting something back, then 
people start to connect and start to care again. And I'm 85 not saying, wins will do that. For uh, it might. I mean, I, I think 85 would be a lot better than last year. Even though it's only four, I know. But 81 last year didn't feel like 81. Well, it didn't feel like 81 because they weren't interesting. Exactly. And they were coming off a year where... Exactly. They'd won 107. 81 in and of itself is not horrible, but after 107, it's wow. But 85 is only incremental improvement, and you still have the same problem of your best player being Mitch Haniger. That's not, you know, that's not changing. Well, 85 is not set in stone. I mean, you're throwing out there, oh, so you're saying 85. I mean, 85 well, or more, I think they have a chance to win between 85 and 90 games if things go well. And I don't think that's a stretch with the pitching they have. But it's going to depend on a few things, as it always does with the the lineups and rosters they cobble together. You know, Peterson's going to have to hit, and Conforto's going to, his shoulder's going to have to be okay. But there is a realistic chance. So in other words, if everything goes right... Not everything. They, well, no, I mean... No, I'm not saying everything. At some point, you have, to prof- you have to provide some sort of basis for why your optimism glows so much because I don't see it. I think the starting pitching is very good. Which which starting pitcher other than Logan Webb or Ross Stripling do you think is going to seize this this town? I think DeSclafani can be a solid pitcher. I'm not talking about winning a Cy Young Award. I'm talking about being a solid major league starter that helps you win games. He's listed as a long reliever right now. So... I don't think that's going to help. Right now, he's on the roster to be a long reliever. Well, that's where he. I mean, I'm going on FanGraphs, and they update their their rosters like every day. Mm -hmm. And right now, their rotation is Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, and Alex Wood. Manaya is a very good pitcher. I think that has a chance to be an above average to good starting rotation. Cobb is 35, Manaya is 31, Stripling's 33, Woods 32. I don't care how old they are. What does that you, mean? It, it enhances the chances that they're going to have an arm problem of some sort. I mean, this is one of the oldest teams in baseball, and it's one that vibrates very little. Age and lack of stardom is a terrible combination. And I'm not saying they're going to go 70 and 92. Well, what I gave you a number. What are you saying they're going to win? I'm going to say they're going to be around 500 again. But it doesn't matter what I say or what you say. Matters to you and it matters to me. What I'm saying is being in the wild card hunt is not enough to energize this fan base. Because we saw what energizes this fan base is will come out the year after you win a championship. That's what happened in 11, and it happened all the way through four, through 15. I know there are a lot of more casual fans who want a lot more, but I think typical Giants fans, most Giants fans, want the games to matter. They want a reason to tune in in August and beyond. And if you're in the wild card hunt, last year, as you say, they're on the fringe of it. It was more a matter of, you know, if they win five in a row, they're in the thick of it. As it is, it uh, doesn't look good. I think for most Giants fans, they'd be happy with that this year. And I think there's a realistic chance that happens. Well, time will tell, as it always does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're if you're that keen on it, fine. I don't. I don't know that this is a fan base that's going to come out until it's safe to come out. Safe to come out? Yeah, like, I'm going to go to the ballpark and I'm going to tell my friends I was at the ballpark because it's the cool place to go again. And it's going to be the cool place to go again. It's going to be very cool. <laughs> it's always very cool. Yeah. It's always very but cool. But you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. 
Coming up next, did the Dubs really want Patrick Beverly? That's next. Damon and Ratto, Whitey in for Damon. And we're presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Whitey in for Damon. I thought this was odd, Ray. Sunday, I'm walking out uh, Maury Point with uh, Shinya, my brother-in-law, Mike, our two dogs, you know, Moby and Fenton, of course. And other side of the trail coming towards us, there's about five kids, I'd say younger high school kids, a couple boys, three girls, and they're having a good time. And one of them has a, you know, some sort of uh, audio box playing. And again, high school kids, they were playing Fleetwood Mac. And I just want to know, what, what kids, what's wrong with you? What's did you, wrong with you? Did you ask them? I wanted to, but I didn't. I decided I'm going to go on my way. They can go on their way. I just thought I was very curious. They you were, should have been more curious. Find out what that's I think, about. I think and what was, Fleetwood Mac iteration was this? Well, it was classic. It was either it was either Dreams or it might have been Rhiannon, you know. So it was. Oh, like, so it was like the more recent, more tepid, tedious, awful Fleetwood Mac. It was like 1975. Yeah. Rumors. The awful. Or 77 or whatever. The awful Fleetwood Mac, not the good Fleetwood. Mac. Well, very popular. I mean, enormously case close. successful commercially. Case I just close. I didn't understand. Good for them, I guess. I should feel like, well, that's great. They're they're very. Diverse musically? I don't know, but I thought it was odd. You should have asked. I didn't want to. It, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, If it happens again, I'll ask next Yeah, time. just, I mean, you just go in self-deprecatingly and go, Hi, I'm aged. <laughs> I'm near death. Yeah. I'm fascinated by your music choice. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. I mean, they'll, you know, probably beat you up and take your wallet, but no, they might answer No, not you. these kids. Not going to happen. Eight? Especially when I had Moby with me. From the 925. Oh, there you go. Fleetwood Mac got famous with the kids from TikTok. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Okay. You know, that's a Explain. thing. Uh, I know I, what TikTok is. No, that actually... And I what forget is this all the phenomenon? Details. Yeah, but that actually... Because there was a guy that wasn't he... He posted some on TikTok where he was following somebody in a skateboard and it was, the music was Fleetwood Mac and it became a big thing. And I, I'm a little vague on that, but thank you. I think the 925 may be right. As far as the Giants go here, before we get back to Patrick Beverly and his uh, his buyout choice, from the 209 Ray, I'd be happy with at least Manny M next year. Like Ray says, you have to pull in one fish. Stop talking about bites. And from the 408, what do you guys think of trading prospects for Burns or Reynolds? That's from Matt and Tracy. Corbin Burns or Brian Reynolds, of course. Uh, well, first of all, Pirates. Who, who wants their prospects since they haven't produced anything? And secondly, why would the Pirates, if they're going to move Brian Reynolds, not essentially put him up for auction and get better offers from other teams? You'd have to part with the likes of a Kyle Harrison, right, to make well, that happen? Well, at least. I mean, just... You know, because a prospect is not useful until it becomes either part of a, another trade or he ends up on your team. Yeah. So what 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 is what's in it for the Pirates? That's the other problem when you're not developing the young players. Yeah. Well, you don't have the young players that can play for you, nor do you have the young players that you can trade for somebody on another team that you'd really want to have. Well, exactly, yeah. and that's that's the you know third part of this sword it's just you know you don't want to spend recklessly in your terms 
you don't have anything in the farm system, and you don't really have anything to, to barter with. Who do you think a contender would want off the Giants roster if they were making a, a postseason run? I'd want Logan Webb. Yeah. And? And I'd want Kyle Harrison. And? I'd want probably, well, it depends who I am. But, I mean, the Giants have some players that I could see as, you know, fitting a need. If I got those two guys, <laughs> I'd feel like I was getting a pretty good haul. Okay, but, but to, you could only mention... can't afford to trade. But the point is, you only mentioned two guys. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's... Marco the, Luciano. But he's got why? back problems already. Yeah, I mean, what, what, who would touch that? Elliot Ramos. Really? I, I, he, yeah, he barreled up a few last year. He barreled up a few. Yeah, you could hear it off the bat, I know. No, I, I mean, that's the other part of their problem is their minor leagues have not produced either players they can use or players they can move. I don't disagree with and you. And that's why they're in the jam they're in. And if, you know... And that's why it becomes every year, Ray. It's like a flea market. Oh, boy, we need some major league players. This guy's hurt. He was really good. Yeah, we'll bring him on board. This guy, yeah, he's available. He's on a one-year deal. He's trying to prove his worth so he can make more money elsewhere. And that's why it has this kind of this this uh, temporary feel. It's a souffle that's not built to last. And that's why fans feel like, come on, how can I get emotionally attached to that? That is like, you know, rooting for the A's sometimes, it's like, it's like rooting for the African-American ensign in the opening scenes of the old Star Trek. That guy's not going to be around very long. You better explain that better. Well, because they'd have like Captain Kirk and Spock and they'd be on the planet with an ensign, you know, and if he was an African-American ensign in the red shirt in the opening scenes, he's probably not going to be around very long. Well, but they also did that with white ensigns in the red shirt, too. So. Okay, if you say so. Well, you know, I, I, all I'm saying is the Giants are in this bizarre kind of gridlock where they're unwilling to spend to get out of it. And they're unable to become good via their own devices. Because whatever you want to say about Brian Sabian, when he took a mediocre team and turned it into a good one again, Linscombe, Kane, Bumgarner, Posey, Belt, Sandoval. Crawford. Homegrown Crawford. Mm -hmm. You know, they had drafted those guys and they developed them and you know other than Posey none of them are going to be Hall of Famers and I think Posey might be a coin flip but that's another argument for another day but they were guys who could play all the time and pitch pitch their turn and that's the difference between analytics and scouting if you're a really good scout you'll find major league players if you're in analytics you need the input of the scouts to make your judgments. Like Brian Sabian was not anti-analytics, but he believed if he hired the right people to look at players the right way, he could find major leaguers. And his history here was that he did. You know, uh, years ago I, I heard a story about you know Daryl Morey with the Rockets. Morey. Yeah, Morey. It's actually Morey. It's not Moray, but it's not Mori. It's Mari. Anyway, Daryl Mari. Who told you that? That's the way. That's the way his name is pronounced. Uh, but it's not Moray. You're right. Anyway, he was a real analytics guy. Jeff Petrie, who used to uh, run with, uh, you know, used to run the Kings. 
Um, he was not an analytics guy, but Daryl Mario said, you know what, we, we end up with the same guys. So different methods, to your point, I mean, just because you don't use analytics, you can still find the guys. Well, that everybody uses an analytics. An one efficient way or player is an efficient player. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you know, you're going to, I mean, the, the best way to do this is to see what your eyes tell you and then see if the analytics back it up. And if the analytics back it up, then you've got science and judgment on your side. If you say, here's what the analytics show, and then you go see them, you know, I think you're more likely to be disappointed if you started with analytics as the reason why you got interested in a guy. From the 707 Giants, have a better shot of signing Ray to the lineup than getting a superstar. That's why they got to develop one. But that's Farhan's failure to this point. Inability to do that. Well, We're coming I mean, close yeah. to doing that. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, Luciano's been bad luck, but you can't you can't have bad luck on all these guys, you know. And it, it's you know it's now been seven, eight years since Sabian was running the shop, and there's been a significant fall off in player development. I mean, it's just it's not. I mean, I'm my explanation is probably too simple, but for the most part. Sabian got major leaguers. Bobby Evans didn't. Farhan Zaidi hasn't. That can change, but right now the, the demarcation line is pretty clear. Do you think Farhan's on thin ice? Apparently he's signed through. His extension runs through this year, but it's been reported he's also extended through next year, although we don't know exactly the extent of that. I don't think, do think, I don't think he's in trouble at all. Really? Certainly not yet. I mean, if, look, if they go... 68 and 94, yeah, there's going to be some hell to pay. But I think, by and large, they bought into what a lot of teams have bought into, which is, I want a numbers cruncher so they can explain to me the business of signing this guy versus that guy. As opposed to John Middleton, who says, I've seen that guy be a great player. Let's, let's pay him. Uh -huh. And I think at some point, the Giants need to get a breakthrough player that way I mean the, the the Warriors didn't get a free agent for forever until Andre Iguodala took a chance after the, the Nuggets lost to them in, in the playoffs in 13 he just said that's the team I want to play for and he made the jump and all of a sudden now other free agents would take the Warriors seriously and as it turns out Iguodala was brilliant because within two years he had a ring. Yeah, and he was crucial in establishing that culture. Also, later on, when Steve Kerr took over and they said, Andre, you could come off the bench. Andre freaking Iguodala. And he's like, well, if the team's better for it, I'll do it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe well, he wasn't it took a long time. But he did it. But he did, he did do it, it. But it took a lot of cajoling. Sure. But he did it, and that set a tone culture-wise for the whole thing. Yeah, now, if we could, now if we could just get him on the floor at all. Well, they're telling you how they're going to, they've been telling you how they're going to use him all year. When the playoffs happen, that's when we're expecting him to do things. All right. Playoffs haven't happened yet. Uh, with that, we want to welcome you to your 4 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.